welcome to Femtech Focus with Dr. Brittany Barreto, exploring the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. Welcome to the Femtech Focus podcast, where we have meaningful and provocative conversations with femtech experts. These academics, doctors, and innovators tell us about the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Brittany Barreto, and if you have a femtech idea or early stage startup, be sure to apply for the femtech edition of the Guild Academy, which is the first virtual femtech accelerator where we are bringing together the biggest names in femtech, including the woman that we interview today. Um, If you want to be surrounded by femtech investors, mentors, experts, me, Dr. Julie Hakeem, then you need to apply by September 18th at letsguildacademy.com backslash femtech. Alrighty, so in today's episode, I interview one of those expert mentors, and that is Liz Klinger, the CEO and co-founder of Lioness. The Lioness is the first smart sex toy for women that can improve orgasms through biofeedback and data. This is not your typical vibrator. This cutting-edge technology was created by an ex-Google and ex-Amazon engineer based on five years of research and development with sex researchers and doctors. They even did their own research project, which I freaking love, by analyzing over 50,000 orgasms and incorporated machine learning into their vibrator. The Lioness has won multiple awards from groups like CES and Johnson & Johnson, If that wasn't cool enough, I know, super cool. Lioness actually just launched their own sex research platform. What that means is that if you have a Lioness at home, then as a user, you can actually contribute to research. So they're accelerating medical and academic understanding of sexual wellness. I actually got an email this week from them asking if I wanted to consent to enroll into two uh, sexual wellness clinical trials. So literally women are at home having orgasms using their lioness vibrator. And if they consented, they opted in, then their anonymous orgasms are analyzed by scientists and moving research forward for all women's sexual wellness all over the world. So freaking cool. Lioness was also very kind, and they're offering an exclusive offer to our listeners. Use promo code FEMTECHFOCUS, one word, FEMTECHFOCUS, for $30 off your order. Go to lioness.io. Hey, Liz. Welcome to the show. Hey, Britt. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I am so excited to have you on the show. I've been following your progression for years, and I, I mean, you're one of, like, the OGs of, like, sex tech, fem tech. Like, I feel like I've seen you around for a really long time. I'm really excited to hear your story today. Yeah, oh, gosh, that it just <laughs> reminds me how long I've been working in the space. Like, it's... <laughs> It's crazy to me because we we started working before femtech and sex tech were even even words, words right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you wearing a, a lion printed jacket? 
I'm wearing a leopard print leopard jacket. Print. I, figured, <laughs> I love it. I figured it's a good, it's a good, it's good for the theme because it's I'm doing a perfect. lioness thing. Lioness would be a little harder to like portray in a pattern. But yes. Do you own like tiger stripes? Do you own like ten of those blouses? <laughs> I wish. Perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> well, let's get into it. Our listeners love to hear about our guest and like their personal journey because we have a lot of listeners that are aspiring founders, you know, and they may say, am I the right person for this? Um, and so usually you are. If you have an idea, you probably are the right person to do it. But Liz, tell us about like where you're from and what did you study and how did you end up being a leader in sex tech? Oh gosh, where where do I even start? <laughs> um, I so I guess so in terms of me, just as a as a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I'm initially or I'm originally from the Midwest. So I'm, I'm from Wisconsin. So hello to all the all the Wisconsin listeners of the show. And I um, well, so just to kind of give a lay of the land, like you know, Midwestern family where we weren't super religious, but it's just, you know, you just don't really talk about sex. It's just mm-hmm. not really something that, you know, really comes into the conversation. So as I, as I grew up, I got more and more curious about the topic and like, I'm just like, Hey, what's this? Like, it seems like sex is kind of important. Like <laughs> yeah. why, why don't we know more about it? Why is it, why is it so stigmatized? Mm-hmm. Why, you know, and then I'm also like grappling with my own sort of questions that, you know, in terms of, you know, everything mm-hmm. sex related, just, you know, trying to figure out myself mm-hmm. growing up and, you know, fast forward through like through college through, you know, after college, I, I guess there are two moments that kind of like really like, I could identify, you know, my sort of timeline that got me to where I am now with, with Lioness and with this whole, you know, just like for, just for, you know, listeners, it's like, it's a little bit, uh, you know, I promise it'll make sense, you know, in terms of like, you know, with Lioness, you know, we, in our company, we're designing this biofeedback vibrator that actually shows you data about your own pleasures. You can learn more about yourself, you can explore, you can take control of your own pleasure. So how, you know, how the heck did I get over to Lioness? <laughs> From Wisconsin girl who doesn't know really the ups and downs of sex all the way to a biosensor feedback <laughs> vibrator. What, tell yeah. us about the bridge. What happened? <laughs> yes. Well, there, there are many bridges, but I'd say <laughs> earlier on, uh, like, you know, before Lioness was, you know, even a figment of my imagination, um, it was first, um, well, I'll, I'll go a little bit backwards just because it makes more sense here. But basically, I so I used to sell sex toys at uh, at home parties. Uh, so your yes! sort of action parties, yes. You know, you that's what I did. <laughs> yeah, that's what I did. I know for a long time I didn't promote that as much, but now that I'm in femtech, I'm like, okay, just FYI, y'all, I actually sold sex toys in college. <laughs> so yeah, it's. I mean, it's good it's money. And it's fun money it's fun they're just it was also just so interesting for me because I like I got to talk to people from all walks of life like yeah you know, I was doing sorority parties I was doing yeah parties yep. retirement parties yes yeah like any sort of party like there'd be a sex toy party for like any any type of yeah 
you know know it so yeah and like when I would go into a room with a you know client because you do the party at least the format we followed was like you do the party and then one by one they come in a room and they can make orders right and so like I mean I would get frat guys coming in being like hey I'm kind of interested in butt play you know and like it was obvious they had never said that out loud to anyone ever like that room was sacred sacred yeah, it like you're like as like the person coming in with the you know the bag of sex toys, uh-huh. like you're the person that everyone's asking questions to, uh-huh. like these uh-huh. questions that yeah, like they've never asked before, and yes. it's anything from butt plugs to like how like how do I know I've had an orgasm before? Or yes. I'm, or there was one time where um, it was a bachelorette party, and the like the the bride to be like took me to the side and she was like, I've never experienced an orgasm in my life. Like even from, you know, by myself. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm worried that, you know, I'm never going to Mm. find, I'm never going to like discover this in myself. Like how, how can I, can you give me any tips? And it's just like all these like really like deep, heavy questions. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like I'm, I'm 20, you know, I'm like like, like 22. I'm just out, I I did it just out of college. And I was like, I don't know if I'm the right person to talk to about this, but I know there's, you know, different resources. There's different, you know, there's different like books you can read. There's different, you know, I, you know, I point to people to different, Mm -hmm. different things to like try and help. Mm -hmm. But it really like, it, the experience really spoke to me about just how little we know about sex and mm-hmm. what the consequences are for not having, not being able to like, you know, learn more about that, like for yourself. And then also with Lioness, as we, as we, you know, developed the product more and more and looked into the, the research and what was, you know, the technology that was already existing and what could exist. Mm-hmm. We just realized like just how little research there was in like the physiological function of sex, particularly for people with vaginas. And it was just like, oh my God, like <laughs> this wow. is, you know, this whole, you know, from like just basic scientific information to applicable information for people. Like mm-hmm. there's just, you know, the whole system's broken. Yeah. So, you know, what can you do to, what can you do to make it not broken, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, to try and mm-hmm. like, you know, glue some of these pieces together and maybe even accelerate our own understanding of sex. So that was, that was one, that was one piece of it. The the other piece was um, back when I was in college. Uh, so I, I studied art and philosophy, which depending on who you ask, it's either the most useful or the most useless degrees <laughs> to study. Um, I think this ended up being useful and it, it ended up working out for me, but uh, for, for my senior my senior art show um I so I always did art around sexuality and Mm. femininity and I you know I basically used art to explore a lot of these topics I was just grappling with for myself and for one of my final projects I did a um it was like a person-sized uh, vulva. Like I took, I got a picture of my own vulva. I like blew it up to my height, just make it like (laughs) person, like almost like an elephant in the room concept. Mm -hmm. And then I also, um, because I was in college, I'd probably do it a bit differently because, you know, I was 
it's been what, like over 10 years. I don't even, <laughs> even want to know how long it's been. But I also, I, I just wanted to like try and produce this elephant in the room sort of concept where I wrote different uh, facts and different like news about what was going on in the world in terms of like different forms of sexism mm. against women and girls and just like having a, just giving a sense of like, hey, there's this problem that we have here. No one's really talking about it and see see how people would respond to it at this yeah. you know, at this gallery so it gets it gets selected for the gallery art show which is like a public art opening for everyone in the in the area uh-huh. and it's it's new hampshire so it, it's there's not that many things going on in the area so it's like one of the things in the area <laughs> and and as we get closer to the to the show opening i'm like wait a second, like, the entire college, like, everyone in college and everyone in the community and my parents, because this was graduation, <laughs> to, like, come to this art gallery and see my vulva. And <laughs> have I really, like, processed this? <laughs> and I'm like, well, it's already happening. Like, I actually, actually like, talked to the uh, gallery director <laughs> about taking it down the day that my parents would come in. <laughs> so I got that sorted, but, but, okay, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm going, it's just, it's a, no, really it's a fun conversation. Thing, you know? We're a fun conversation. So, yeah. Where did you go so, to college in, in New Hampshire? I went to Dartmouth. Dartmouth. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, you know, Ivy league, you know, Ivy league school, bunch of smart people. And, you know, it's like, you would think that most people would like figure it out, but on the day of the, like the art show opening, you have all the people coming in and I'm sort of, you know, in the background, like hanging out. I'm curious how people would react to my various works of art. <laughs> and, um, like half the people in like ha- about half the people who attended, like didn't know what they were looking at. <laughs> Like, they didn't recognize what a vulva looked like. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And, like, I remember there are these two old women who are, like, you know, they, they like, look at it for a very long time. (laughs) (laughs) Just, like, you you know, kind of, like, how you would look at, like, an abstract work. Yeah, yeah. And and they're just, like, staring very intently, and they're, like, that's a very lovely piece. It looks like two figures dancing. Oh, you're like, those are labias. <laughs> yeah, that, they're two, it, it's labias dancing, but thank you. Um, but it was just like, I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, you know, a lot of these, like, yeah. a lot of, you know, like, you can't, like, how do I put this into words? It's like, a, you know, how how many people don't recognize like a basic body part yeah like a vulva but you know it's true like there's you know we just we don't see many images of it Mm -hmm. if it was a penis and balls maybe it would be more recognizable but somehow women's genitalia is not right and especially when it's not in a pornographic context Uh too i think yeah like that's that's usually where we might be familiar with it if if at all, some, you know, it's yep. just like, yeah, but it just like, there was that. And then also, and then a side note, um, just to finish off this story, um, 
uh, we have a the Dartmouth like class of 1960 buys art every mm -hmm. year from the senior art show and they were really insistent on buying my vulva oh my god <laughs> but they didn't know what it was <gasps> and i'm like like okay all so you know all the the class of 1960 are all men and i'm like guys like you went to an ivy league school you graduated oh in 1960 so you you know you're you've, very old you've been alive for a while yeah like oh my god you know yeah and I like I heard from you know one of my art professors like they're just like yeah they're really intense on buying it it was listed as not for sale so there was just this back and forth conversation about like oh can you please ask the artist to you know <gasps> if like what price would you put on it you know just name a price Whoa. and we'll get it and then he was like my art professor was like do you know what this is and they're like no <laughs> But it looks nice. Oh my god! <laughs> it's just, it's just like, you know, it's just crazy to me yeah. that you know, just how, just how little we know about our own bodies, or yeah. you know, about our, you know, just like basic anatomy, you know, for basic that anatomy. That's right. So what and, happened after the art yeah. show? <laughs> well, after the art show. I was kind of disappointed that I didn't sell my art piece, like mm -hmm. looking back, because it would have been, it would have been a great art piece to have in, <laughs> hung somewhere in the college, like yes. who knows where. But um, afterwards, I I spent a little bit of time in finance since I was like, it, it was 2010, mm -hmm. it, you know, the recession was going on, and it, I was like, shoot, I don't know what to do. Like, and you know, the, like all the creative jobs were like the sort of creative artistic jobs were not really, you know, hiring for mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. new grads. So did the next best thing and worked on some stuff related to Dodd-Frank for a little while in, um, at an investment bank, trying to figure that out. And then after about a year, I was like, I don't want this to be my entire career. Like mm -hmm. I'm still, you know, I was still really, I loved, I loved my team that I was working with, but I was still really interested in doing something related to something related to art, something related to sexuality. I wasn't quite sure what that would be. Yeah, but that something point. that lights your fire, that makes you excited to get up and go to work. Exactly. Yeah. So I ended up leaving and I did various, I did various like odd job stuff for a little while. So various consulting, I did the, I sold sex toys for a while during that time. Uh, I took classes to- Such a good uh, fallback. Work career right such a good well <laughs> this doesn't work out i'm just gonna sell strap-ons like people the market still wants those a, so. <laughs> i mean it's a you know it was when in doubt yeah it's a i mean it was something that i was i wanted to do so, yeah you know, no it's like, really fun yeah and i i also did uh i took some classes at a community college to learn i was like thinking like Maybe I could do engineering because I, I did some engineering uh, classes back mm. in the end of college. And I was like, why didn't I major in engineering? Like, you know, I was trying to figure, figure out what I wanted to do next mm -hmm. and learn how to CAD and it was like getting to this point of like, okay, what do I want to do with my life? Mm -hmm. um, and as I, as I started to like kind of meld different things together, I wanted to do something in in the sex space of some sort. And I wanted to make a product because I'm a very like visual, like yeah. three, 
I'm more I'm more of a 3D like I'm, I do more sculpture yeah generally, yeah so I was really interested in the idea of like making a some sort of physical product mm-hmm. and the vibrator sex toy space was really interesting especially like especially during that time because this is like early 2010s this is before you know again before sex tech was a term mm-hmm. and before we have a lot of the sex tech companies that we talk about now mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there was um I mean you had kind of this like the traditional like adult industry space and I or let's see let me back yeah let's cut that that might not, that might not be as interesting in terms of that but I mean basically I was like putting together different different things in my life and I was like okay this is interesting this is not interesting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like there wasn't a like a particular job available of like hey you know like sign up to or you know apply to build sex toys or apply to build like a certain sex product and yeah, I was getting yeah. more and more to like I don't see okay, those local know, community events often <laughs> your local yeah, no. build a vibrator on a Saturday night <laughs> Yeah, that's that's not unfortunately that's not a yeah. thing. So it it eventually got to the point of like, well, maybe I should start my own thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I I could do it. Mm-hmm. Like, why why not? So that's that's what I basically did. Mm-hmm. And um, I I started with the idea of I want to I want to build something better, like something that it, you know has a better experience like for like a better experience for pleasure Mm -hmm. and I I tried to keep it as broad as possible because I didn't like I could jump to like I want to build a better sex toy but it's that's kind of a jumping to a couple conclusions of like Mm. well do you really need why do you need the why do you need this to be a sex toy Mm -hmm. but it you know it took a it took a bit of um it took a bit of thinking and you know kind of like working with other people on a team mm-hmm. to be able to figure out like the reasoning for different things before moving forward on it uh but yeah that's oh gosh I'm, I'm trailing off here but <laughs> you're fine you're fine so how long ago do you so let's say you form a company and the first name wasn't lioness right mm-hmm yeah, it wasn't Lioness initially. Um, we so we actually started this. Um, so okay, we my my now husband and I we we moved from the East Coast over to Berkeley, mm-hmm. and we're we're initially from the Bay Area, or we grew up in the Bay Area. We yeah. met here, so we're kind of moving back home in a mm-hmm. way. And uh, we both signed up for this uh, startup. Uh, what do you call it? One of those like startup hackathons, yeah, or, you know, like a boot camp, something, things. yeah, yeah. And uh, it was that weekend where we were like, so we ended up being on the same team building this, and we decided on the name SmartPod initially because it's like you know you're trying to figure out a name, you're mm. like I don't know, it's so you hard to, spend to pick all your a name. time on the name. Yeah, it's so hard to get a good name. Yeah. So what was yeah, so- your original product? The original product was a, so we ended up going with the, like with a vibrator, but one that is able to like self-adjust to a person's preferences based mm. on their own body, their own interests, because with, with sex toys that you have all these different, like there's, 
it, it seems like there's infinite number of ways to like turn on and off a product and then <laughs> different vibration settings yes. and patterns. And it just, it's, it's a lot. And uh, you probably had this experience like doing the parties, but like every single party, there's like someone who struggles turning off a vibrator and yeah. it's just this thing that keeps on buzzing. And it's always this like anxiety inducing thing a lot of times yes. for people because they're like, oh my God, this feels like I should know. It feels so simple. I should know yeah, how to yeah, do this, yeah. but I mm-hmm. don't. Mm-hmm. And then, and then there's also like, you know, different things work for different people. So yeah. especially for people who have questions about what works for them, it's like, okay, why not have something that can adapt to them based on their own body, their own interests. It can sense how their body is reacting. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it can adjust accordingly. So it's like having that, that like sex partner that you're, you know, that like knows exactly what you want. Mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. So that was what we went with initially. And that's where sort of the different like sensors and the biofeedback aspect of it came from. Mm-hmm. And as we went further along with the, like with the product and we started doing more customer interviews, getting more feedback, like this is like, you know, well beyond a startup weekend sort yeah. of thing. We found that a lot of people found the like self adapting aspect of it intriguing, but Ultimately, for a lot of people, it's like, you know, a lot of people just find that they have one or two settings that they like. It's like one or two, yeah, like, yeah. you know, sort of like types of stimulation, intensities, mm-hmm. whatnot, and then that's it. Yeah. So it's not really like actually that interesting in, in practice. Yeah, yeah. But we almost like as an aside at the end of some of our like, you know, questions, we started asking about like, well you know, what if like we, you know, we have, we're able to collect this data from the biofeedback aspects of this and from, you know, sensing arousal orgasm. What if we, and we put this in a very nerdy way too. Mm. It was like, what if we like provide statistical reports about your, about your sessions? Yes. And for some reason, a lot of people are like, wait a second, like you can do that. Like, mm-hmm. that's actually really interesting because I have, you know, questions about what works for me. Why, why are they, you know, why is it more difficult to orgasm at certain times, you know, versus other times, mm-hmm. or I'm curious about like what works for my partner or, you know, this whole like list of different questions that were very similar to some of the questions that I would get at the, like in the passion parties of like, yes. you know, what works for me or how yes. do I have it, you know? how do I have this type of orgasm or uh, that sort of thing? Yeah. So we like started putting two and two together and it's like, wait a second, like, okay, there is something here. And this almost like, it, it was sort of fighting between like at the time, this was when Fitbit was sort of past mm. its like coolness uh-huh. factor. And it's like, yeah, you know, what's the value of like step counts? If I know <laughs> that I've been sitting on the couch, like playing Elder Scrolls all day or something like that. But with uh, like with data around uh, like orgasms and arousal, it's data that we don't we don't have available anywhere else. No, like nowhere. besides like a couple, well besides a couple like very specific like research labs mm-hmm. around the world that are like quickly like a lot of them are being shut down too over over the last like several decades, which is concerning. Mm-hmm. Like there really isn't a way to get for a person, an individual to get this information Mm -hmm. whatsoever. And it's also information that some people don't know. And 
it'd be really helpful if they did know it just yeah. for you know, even self-confidence or for, for the relationships Definitely. or sometimes even in some cases for their health too. Yeah. So you take this information, you reinvent your product, but which is what every founder should do. Come up with an MVP, ask your customer, take the data, reinvent, go back out there. Tell us what the Lioness product looks like today. What does it, you know, provide? Because you, you're mentioning biofeedback. I'd love for you to define what that is for our listeners. And how mm-hmm. does one look at data of an orgasm? What, how, how do, how can you see it? Yeah. So I'll describe it for the listeners, but basically it's, um, so it's in the form of a, so it looks like a typical vibrator on first sight, but inside the vibrator it's a uh, the complexity of it is about as equivalent to uh like an early smartphone just to give you a wow sense of it's like an iphone yeah. 4 <laughs> yeah actually, it's a for for the for the nerds in the audience it's a it's a six layer board which is that's a lot of layers wow <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you that and in terms of the biofeedback aspect so the main okay so for the sensors, there's a couple different sensors that make this work, and that's uh, two. There's two four sensors, one on each side of the, I guess the you can call it the shaft area. Yeah. Uh, there's also a temperature sensor, and then a an Excel gyro for movement. Oh. So, yeah. So all of these kind of work in you know yeah. in symphony with each other. The main ones that are really that are more telling of uh, arousal and orgasm, though, are the the four sensors uh-huh. uh, because how we measure or how Lioness measures orgasm or is able to track orgasms rather is it's through the uh, specific pattern of pelvic floor contractions. So uh, is that what orgasm, an orgasm is? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, tell us. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so you can measure orgasm in different ways, like. Uh-huh. Probably two of the two of the more reliable methods would be like different, you know, measuring brain waves, brain activity. Okay. Uh, but you, you know, it's it'd be kind of expensive to make a consumer portable scanner. So <laughs> yeah, next not doing Plan B. You know, <laughs> yes. You know, if you have your portable scanner, you could do that, yeah. or uh, you can you can basically measure the uh, pelvic floor contractions, and you can mm-hmm. measure this vaginally or anally. So, yeah, because it's, it's just really, so every, everyone has a sort of like orgasm pattern when they, when they orgasm. So what it basically is, it's like, it's this, um, specific Hertz, uh, it's like eight to 13 about in terms of the rhythm and it's a way for, well, I mean, when you experience it, you feel this sort of like rhythmic motion, it feels good usually. Um, and it's something that it's so like it's um it's a specific pattern that you can't reproduce voluntarily mm-hmm. so it's like once you start seeing what yours looks like on a on a chart you can get a good sense of like okay this is where my orgasm was this is how long it lasted uh there's sometimes different sort of effects that you might see just depending on different sort of um different sort of scenarios say Whoa. so yeah so um let's see I think I can probably do like a little, I can probably do the sound thing now just so people have a sense of it. Great. So just to let our listeners know what um, it, the orgasm on the graph kind of looks like a sound wave and um, 
Liz here has put music to it. And so we're going to listen to an orgasm, at least a few seconds of it. Go ahead, Liz. What does yeah. it sound like? Okay. Yeah, so we'll describe this. So this is no, this is no orgasm happening, just to be clear. And there's a little, you hear a little bit of motion for it. Oh boy. So it's that sort of seesawing. Yeah. Whoa. And we just heard an orgasm. Oh. Wow. So cool. Yeah. So if you're to if you're to visualize it, it's like you'll see, you know, certain things going on before before mm -hmm. an orgasm. And then you'll see this on a on a chart. You'll see this sort of like up and down motion in this mm -hmm. very specific rhythm. And then it starts pittering out to near the end. Whoa. So it's like and And did people know that that's what an orgasm looked like before the lioness tool? Um, or were there researchers that had already mapped that out? There was, there has been a little bit of research on mm -hmm. it before. So, you know, we're not, we're not doing this purely just on site. Like we're, we're technologists at the end of the day. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's some research done back in, I mean, you can kind of look back in as early as like your sort of Masters and Johnson era mm -hmm. where they're measuring it, uh, like physiological responses, the sex in the lab. Mm -hmm. And then you also had um, one of the bigger studies that we kept going back to and what a lot of the other researchers in the space we worked with kept saying like, this is, this is the one <laughs> is uh is Bolin in 1982, uh, where they did a they did a study where they had uh, 11, 11 males and 11 females, and they measured orgasms through a pretty pretty similar method where mm -hmm. they were measuring the pelvic floor contractions. So the information, some of the information has been out there, but it's also been pretty limited in terms of what we've been able to do. Yeah, uh, just because it's like it's well it's it's hard to it's hard to do sex research it's hard to get that passed by irbs and at institutions yeah and also just like the the layers of what you have to do to try to do that to try to conduct that research especially if you're working with human subjects yeah there's a you know it's just the standards are are really you know they're really high and they're really they're really specific so it's just it's just been difficult to be able to do that sort of thing and to disseminate that information too along with that yeah and is that the reason for your newest platform because you just recently launched a new platform the sex research platform why don't you tell us about that yeah so basically as we were as we were developing this we were hoping initially that we'd have sort of this like almost like a 23andMe type of platform where you're, you know, you, you get the, you get the product and we're able to share a whole bunch of different insights mm -hmm. and we're, we're able to do, we're able to do some of that, like with showing some of the data and teaching people about how to read their orgasm charts. Uh, but they're really, you know, there's like, we're like, we want to do more, but there is no, <laughs> there's no more out there. Mm -hmm. And we kept asking like, is this, is this the, you know, best research that's out there right now? And 
yes, it is the best, That's you know, it. Much the yep. best research out there. <laughs> yeah. So we wanted to like, especially since we now have this, we now have this, I mean, yeah, it's a vibrator, but it's also a tool for mm-hmm. people to explore themselves. We wanted to have a way for researchers to be able to like use a, use a platform to make it easier to basically do research. Yeah. So like you, you can do research remotely. You can recruit participants from anywhere around the world, from across multiple demographics and be able to like do research on a much higher scale. Cause like a lot of those physiological like research studies are like 11 participants, 20 participants, like yeah. very small numbers. And this is another way for people to be able to explore or for researchers to explore at a larger scale. And then on the, on the user side, it's a, it's all opt-in. So mm-hmm. you have to like explicitly opt-in to be, mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. part of the, or to participate on the research platform. So yeah. if you want to stay private, like you're, you know, nothing's going to happen yeah. with your data where, you know, it's going to be the same as it always has been mm-hmm. for, for Lioness. But if you want to be part of the, part of the platform, you can opt in, you can see the different research programs going on and learn a little bit about some of the people behind those research studies, what they're aiming to do. And sometimes depending on the study, sometimes it can be a beneficial way for people to like further self-explore. Yeah. They're like, yeah, I suffer with that problem that you're researching. I want to be a part of it. Yeah. Interesting. Exactly. Yeah, so it's it's a it's a way to provide insights or additional insights for people beyond what we're able to do, mm-hmm. but also at the same time help progress some of the research that has been difficult in the past to be able to do. Yes. Oh my gosh, that is so freaking cool. How many um, lioness devices are out there? Are they just in the U.S.? They're, so they're primarily, they're primarily in the U S and Canada right now mm-hmm. uh, where we're working on expanding that mm-hmm. and there's thousands out there at this point. Like, gosh, yeah. Like I know there's some that have, that have slipped out of the U S and Canada too. <laughs> you know, heard. you move, you put it in a luggage, <laughs> like, you travel, spring I know, break. I know people get creative. <laughs> so, so there, yeah, there's thousands of devices out there. We, we've been able to like, just internally for like within our company, we've been able to analyze over 50,000 sessions. <gasps> 50,000 set mass, like masturbation sessions or sex sessions. Yep. Oh my God. So cool. That's a, yeah. I mean, that in itself is a big sample size. Yeah. That's yeah. the, it's the largest, I mean, I'm pretty certain it's the largest database in the world on this. Like Liz, you're incredible. You know that you're as incredible as a human sized vulva. That's how incredible you are. Thank you. I know. Well, I mean, I, I have been in that form before, so I know it's possible. Oh my gosh. This is so awesome. And I, I have another question for you because you are, you know, we keep saying sex tech and femtech, right? And so both words are kind of new, right? Only a few years old. You started the company before those words even existed. What has your experience been like in terms of entering different events or conferences or being on panels about women's health and wellness? Because I know there's sometimes people say sex tech isn't femtech. So what's been your experience around that? 
Yeah, it's it's interesting because depending depending on who you ask, either some people will be like, yeah, Lioness is absolutely a femtech company mm-hmm. or a sex tech company. Uh, I mean, normally the the sex tech part isn't or the sex tech part isn't really something that is debatable but let, let's focus on femtech for yeah. this one but yeah it's either like yes it's absolutely a femtech company or i've had many cases where someone is like no this is like lioness is not femtech it's not mm. women's health it's not uh, lioness is not a wearable device it isn't you know, <laughs> it shouldn't it should be in certain events or in certain spaces like yeah it's it's in, it's interesting i mean I, I mean i have various words for it but yeah it's kind yeah. of it's disappointing in a way as, especially when it it becomes like when it's something that's related to femtech or women's health or you know something where it's like you know sexual or i mean i'll, I'll give specific examples just to make this more concrete but like like uh, with CBI, so CB Insights, mm-hmm. uh, they're one of those like big firms that uh, does analysis on different different industries, and yeah. I mean, they provided for Fortune 500 companies, for investors, uh, for anyone who's curious to learn more about different markets. And to this day, they have still not included any any pleasure centric uh, like femtech slash sex tech companies in their market map. Wow, and and like earlier on, they even like put Lioness into the vice tech category that they had at one Vices. point. Where they had, oh my God. Yeah. They had cannabis. They had a couple cannabis companies. They had Lioness. They had some of the, a couple other sex tech companies at the time. And it, it's like, it's just disappointing because I'm like, this is, it's like, yes, this is, this is sex tech. Yes. People use this for pleasure. Yeah. It's like, I can kind of, there's certain aspects where it's like, okay, I know that this is like a, you know, an 18 plus device. So yeah, say, yeah, you know? yeah, 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 uh-huh. yeah. But at the same time, it's a device that shows a basic aspect of a basic function of the human body that yeah. about half the population experiences. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we're also now, uh, but we've been talking about this, you know, with businesses for a while, we we're doing it you know, we're doing basic physiological research yeah, with this device. Yeah, you're Lioness so. Institute, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so it's like, why Why is this considered not, like, not part of the conversation, yeah. you know? And similarly, like, this, this is probably, like, I, I had the most, like, visceral experience of mm. it. Like, CBI was just, you know, sort of this online, like, you know, why is Lioness out of the picture? Yeah. But, um, I had a more visceral experience of it last year at a at a Samsung event. Uh, They're doing an event on women's health and wearables in San Francisco, <laughs> and Lioness got invited to this event, uh-huh. and then it, like you know come with my you know product, come with the display. Like we're you know just going to be just have a table at this yeah. you know, this event, and about 15 minutes before the event's supposed to start, we hear through. Um, I didn't hear through a Samsung person, but it was through someone who was facilitating the, like she brought in some of the Fentech companies for the event. And she said, like someone higher up said that you can't be here. Yeah. <laughs> like you're, you can't, your product can't be here. And I was like, wait, like, 
What? Are you serious? <laughs> You're like, my device is more technology than your first 50 versions of your phones. Like, <laughs> You're right. Like, <laughs> well, it's like, yeah. And like, also it was, it's like, it's an event about women's health. And what really, what really got to me was heart wrenching to me was all of the other, all the other companies that were there were like, it's women's health, but it was all fertility, which oh, like fertility is, yes. fertility is so, fertility is very important. And it's a, mm-hmm. you know, very needed industry. And it's a very interesting industry too at that, but there's so much, like, there's so much more to life than just making babies. Yes. And not just making babies, you yes. know? And I was just like, okay, I, you know, I've had this happen so many times where people are like, you can't, you can't display here. You can't come here because of, you know, because of what your product is yeah. or because of what you do. And I'm like, hell no, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to stand for this this time. I'm so Liz, tired of it. Yes. And I like, yeah, I, I basically put my foot down. I'm like, no, like this is, <laughs> you know, this is not right. Yeah. And no one in the crazy part to, to me was like, no one, you know, there weren't any fires burning, no one's screaming, you know, no one, like, <laughs> no one was super flustered about it being there except for the associate director uh, who was there. Who also happened to be a woman, which is also kind of disappointing. <sighs> um, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's interesting that it depends that, whether lioness is considered part of femtech or mm. not really depends on who you ask. And sometimes yeah. I'm kind of surprised when people find us because um, CBI and, you know, certain other large entities have done a good job burying lioness out of, and, you know, other companies in the mm. space out of that area. Well, is, to yeah. our, you know, currently we're recording this in, you know, early July and uh, your episode's going to come out in early September and at this point, we have 2,000 listeners. I'm going to go ahead and guess we're going to have at least four to 5,000 listeners. And they will all hear me say right now, as a leader in femtech, I think that Lioness absolutely is femtech because sexual wellness is wellness. Knowing your body, knowing the biology of your body, getting intimate with your own genitals is absolutely wellness. And Liz, I will... You call me up, girl. I'm originally from New Jersey. You know what they call me on the streets? My nickname's Jersey B. So you just call up Jersey B, and I will come <laughs> to those events and those whatever, and I will tell them, no, Lioness is staying. Because um, I am, you know, I love your product because of the science behind it. You know, you didn't just make something that was like, look at this super veiny cock we made, you know, like it's science and it's a, it's engineering and it's beautiful. You know, it's incredible. Well, Liz, this has been so much fun. I want to ask you two last questions that our listeners love to hear. The first one is, um, what area in women's health and wellness still needs innovating? In, in what sense? Like areas that are high need or high mm-hmm. like profitability? Um, high need. So what I'll give you the opposite, the antithesis to this question. The antithesis to this question is a fertility app. We don't need any more of those, right? And so what right. is something that like is a struggle for women's health and wellness that's still like no one's really working on it yet? Like it's prime for innovation. Oh, gosh. There's a lot. <laughs> Where do I even like? 
there is, I mean, there, there's so many, there's so many different areas. Like there's, um, I mean, pretty much, I mean, just honestly throw a dart at anything but fertility. <laughs> fertility <laughs> and organic really... tampons, right? We don't need any more of those yes. either. Yeah. Like fertility <laughs> tampons, early motherhood, like we're good so- somewhat. Yeah. Like pretty much like you could look at, you could look at issues related to PCOS to endometriosis. There, there's a few companies that are working on that space, but mm-hmm. not, there isn't mm-hmm. a lot right now. Same with menopause. Um, also fertility for men is one that, you know, mm-hmm. you could, it's outside of femtech mm-hmm. kind of, but you know, you can yeah. talk about that. Look at that. Um, and also needs for like, needs for trans people too is yes. another big one that's just being so ignored right now. Yes. And like it absolutely overlaps with femtech in different ways, yep. but it just gets, you know, the issue just gets incredibly ignored by everyone. You know, so, in, in think, June yeah. for Pride Month, we had several episodes uh, where we interviewed people and we had long discussions on femtech versus women tech. And that sometimes those are the same thing and sometimes they're not. Sometimes there is women tech for people with who don't technically have a uterus, you know, but they have right. a woman's experience. And so therefore, like they need innovating. Um, so I, I totally agree with you, the trans community. Um, I told uh, we had another uh, a sex ed a go go from New York City. Dirty Lola was uh, mm-hmm. on here. And uh, I told her the one sex toy I think needs the most innovating is uh, strap-ons because there mm, are yeah. strap-ons is it's a selfless act because it's all pleasure for the other person and none for yourself. And Dirty Lola said, no, there's some. And then she was like, wait, actually, you're right. There's like only one design that's available that like would please you and the other person. So that's my yeah. one request <laughs> for the sex tech world. <laughs> I have a... I have a brand for you. I'll need to dig it up, but it was actually at CES this year. Oh, there's there's starting to be some some players in that space. Good, but um, good. I, oh gosh, I need to I need to dig up that name, but I do <laughs> I do have one company. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, and then our last question is, what do you think the femtech industry as a whole needs the most right now in order to be successful? Hmm. Another good question. I think, well, I think the overall, or I think the overall view of it needs to, like, we need to look at femtech. This is putting my capitalist hat Let's on do right it. now. Let's do it. Yeah. Like, we, we really need to look at it more from, like, just the, like, in the V. So this is, okay, let me back up. putting my capitalist hat on and within the like the VC and entrepreneurial community. So Mm -hmm. looking at this from like a, like a business perspective, pure money. uh, Yeah. 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 It's like, it's like looking at this as like, Hey, this is a space that, you know, where you can, you know, you can make a lot of money from it. There's, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of need. There's a lot of varying needs in this space. Like I, like sometimes I don't know what the experience is like in like outside of Silicon Valley where, you know, where I would gravitate to mm-hmm. just cause I'm here. But I still hear a lot of times that femtech is discussed almost like a, as like a nonprofit or like a, you know, sort of side yes. social need. And it's like, it's a move in the right direction in this. I mean, it's like being noticed, you know, whereas like in, you know, 2013, 2014, when I was starting this up, like no one knew where to place lioness and companies like it. Mm-hmm. 
but there's still kind of this like feeling that I get from going to events that you're investing in it because you, you feel like there's this just a general need, but it's like, it doesn't Almost make like you're money, donating, but there's a need. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I'm like, no, like this can make, I'm like, this can seriously make money. Like, oh yeah. Like, you know, I t- there's a huge audience for it. <laughs> huge. I tell people all the time on the show, I love femtech for three main reasons. The three pillars I love femtech. Number one, it's very science-based and I'm a nerd and I love science. It's a lot of biology and data and I love it. Number two is it, it is an activist move, right? Like women have not been recognized and someone needs to fight for them. And I want to use my very opinionated voice for good. And so here I am. And number three is that after spending the last year as a VC, I now know about returns and market size and purchasing power and business models. And I'm like, holy shit, y'all, we're going to make a lot of money. <laughs> like number th- like number two is feel good. But number three is like, I want to be rich. Like this, this stuff is not niche, you know? And so when, whoever mm-hmm. doesn't think that femtech is like, oh, that's cute. Like women have needs. It's like, um you're not, you're going to feel very different when you see the returns we get on these investments, you know? Yeah. I mean, just for like context, we like for Lioness, we raised 1.5 million Mm -hmm. as a whole, like Mm -hmm. throughout this entire time, which is a little bit insane, but we're also profitable. So it's not like we're looking to, you know, go and fundraise multiple rounds. And it's been, it's been an interesting back and forth of like, you know, do we want to go out now and raise money, mm-hmm. you know, or like at mm-hmm. some point in the future for certain things. Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, just like looking at that and like building a hardware, software, data driven device and being able to do that, like there is money in the space, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, and I've been, and the reason why we've been able to survive for as long as we have is because there's demand and yes. we're able to survive based off of the demand. I mean, you're profitable. That's called demand, (laughs) you know? Yeah, exactly. Wow. So like it's, yeah. So it's, it's just interesting to be, to kind of look back and be like, we started this pretty early on and maybe like, you know, we're starting to see companies and like, you know, in the sexual wellness space being able to raise rounds Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it's, I mean, yeah, there's trials and tribulations with that and all the everything, but you're, you're starting to see more of that. But I mean, to say that there's not demand and you're kind of like putting your money there because it, it's like, oh, I feel like I should. Mm-hmm. There's some sort of like, oh, I have to because uh-huh. there's, it's important, but you know, it's not really going to make money. It's like, that's, that's not the right attitude to have mm-hmm. on, you know, when evaluating these things. No. Like there are, there are opportunities some, sometimes, you know, but like that, I wish the attitude were different, yeah. at least amongst certain communities. Yep, that's right. That's right. Well, Liz, this has been so fun. I really want to be your friend in real life because I think we have a lot in common. We have a similar history of uh, passion parties and, you know, um, I've never printed Latina, out a life-size yeah. version of my vulva, but I wouldn't put it past me. You could <laughs> I would you not could put be- it on your checklist. <laughs> All right, bucket list. My dear virtual assistant, put on my list to do <laughs> the 2020 goals. Print out life size version of my vulva. Oh God, yes. Um, yeah. After after the after this COVID 
stuff. Hopefully, well, hopefully we'll meet each other in yeah. some part of the country. Oh, I know we will. I know we will. Um, and I, I'm just so grateful for what you do. And um, you know what? I don't have a lioness yet, and that is atrocious. I've just been following you as a fan, and uh, I just need to step up and, and get one because I love your newsletters. If, if you're not subscribed to their newsletter, you've got to get on that. They have the best newsletters. So informative, best articles, so cool. So you know what? I'm, I'm going to do that right after this recording. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put in an order. That's going to be mine. It comes in right awesome. now. <laughs> happy to give a happy to give a drop a little discount here if you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you have a discount for our listeners? I could I could do one now. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe just um let's see. Femtech focus. Yeah, we can do that. So yeah, Femtech Focus. If you if you enter that into the checkout. Uh, you'll get $30 off your lioness. Hell yes. Oh my God. All right. I'm going to not buy it until it's live. You tell me when the promo code is live. <laughs> oh man. Thanks Liz so much for your time and I'll see you around. Thanks so much, Brittany, for having me. Thank you for listening to my interview with Liz Klinger, CEO and co-founder of Lioness. Liz is actually one of our expert mentors at the Guild Academy Femtech Edition. So if you want to meet Liz personally and get mentored from her directly, then apply to the program is the easiest way to do that. Apply by September 18th at letsguildacademy.com backslash femtech. I am seriously so impressed with Lioness and their mission of destigmatizing female pleasure and correcting the systemic imbalances in sexual health research and education. If you've listened to enough episodes by now, you know I go crazy for data sets and research. As an expert on the science of attraction from my days operating Fairmore, the DNA-based dating app, this research topic really interests me. I don't own a Lioness yet, <laughs> but I'm going to use that promo code. Mom, hope you're not listening, but uh, I'm totally going to use that promo code and do my part and contribute to science. You should too. The promo code again is femtechfocus, one word for $30 off your order. You can order it from lioness.io. And before we close out, some interesting events coming up include the Wellness and Self-Care Summit by Future of Femtech is this Friday. You got to go. It's free. It's virtual. And if you want more information on the Guild Academy Femtech Edition, then join Dr. Julie Hakim and Coquette and myself at a Town Hall AMA September 10th at 1 p.m. Central. You can register for this on our website, femtechfocus.org. Thank you to our listeners that reach out on our website and find me on LinkedIn. I love meeting you from all over the world. Y'all are the best. Thank you so much for listening. Um, thank you for sharing, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show. It means so much. Follow us on social too at Femtech Focus and subscribe to our newsletter. And until next time, keep innovating because improving women's health and wellness improves everyone's health and wellness.